0: Out into the world with action. The mental game for gifted creatives. Hi everybody, I have a really special person in my life with me, Gabe Aloisi, who is a multi-potentialite, gifted, creative human being. And I've known him for a lot of years, so I'm not speaking out of school. And I want to talk to Gabe today, and I asked him to be on the show to talk to us about being a gifted creative person and what that mental game looks like. So many times we think it's just linear thinking logic, and those of us who are gifted, we tend to just try to use our head only, and that's a fraction of the beauty. So Gabe is going to talk to us about some of that today, and we're going to have a dialogue about it because we've known each other for a while, so this won't be the 20 questions kind of interview. It'll be more of a conversation. So Gabe, thanks for joining me today.
1: Diane, it's awesome to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love talking to you. I want to talk to everybody today about the mental game, so to speak. Now, you have a very good and very well-viewed YouTube channel called Let's Play Through that I love. It's about golf. I don't golf, but I love the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: And Thank I've loved it since the beginning, and I don't, I don't even golf. And so I, I tell my friends about it because, I mean, you know, it's not just for golfers there's more to your show and so I started thinking about the mental game not only of golf but of life and of being a creator so would you let's start off with you talking a little bit about your creative process like how did you come up with that show how do you come up with some of the things you come up with because they're really genius so can you talk a little bit about what happens how you get it percolating
1: Sure. Well, I, I, you know, I try to find inspiration all over the place, but I'll tell you what, as I've continued to create and and been able, luckily to build a a good size audience. Now, some of the best ideas actually come from me listening, believe it or not. So, you know, I I spend a lot of time in the comment section of my YouTube videos and people are always, you know, throwing in little, little comments. Um, Some I ignore, (laughs) but most of them I try to respond to and some once in a while, once the blue moon, I get something that's really amazing and it kind of sparks something. I think the the key to doing what I do well is, is to really be diligently thinking about what does that viewer really, really want? What will solve their problem? What will help them with the, the struggle that they have? Now for me it's 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 kind of weird. It's just, you know, it's it's a fun. Game of golf, but of course, you know people want to be better at it. They want to uh, they, they want to excel at it. They don't want to have to be you know breaking clubs over their knees anymore. And so, you know, I kind of approach it from their perspective. You know what what would be something that would really not just a video that I'd like to make, but what would be really important to them and and help them. And what's the struggle that they're having? And so, oftentimes, I found really good ideas in the comment sections. And in fact, what's really strange is. Um, having that ear to listen and 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 hear what the problem is or what's the layer behind that problem. That's where my, my most viewed videos have come from or my most successful videos, I guess you would say. The, you know, one guy wanted to know if golf balls were actually balanced. And so I did this like saltwater golf ball balance test in my pool. It was probably one of the easiest videos I ever created. And that was one of the most viewed videos on my channel because it's something that everybody wanted to know. So just having the ear and then always looking it through the lens of not, again, what I'm going to get out of it, but what can the audience get out of it? I think that that's that's critical to success on a platform like YouTube, for instance.
0: Right. And I think that that concept is critical to success anywhere is to be sure. able to put ourselves in the position of or crossing the bridge even to the listener, to the audience, whether it's in a conversation like you and I are having or in a family or in a classroom or on a, pl- a social media platform of any kind, where if we're only focusing on us, we're missing the point. Yeah, the absolutely. audience. I remember Tony Robbins, I learned something he said years ago, probably before he was really as big as he was, is the meaning of your communication is a response you get. And you pay attention to the listener and you speak to them mm-hmm. rather than well, observing
1: body people. language is key too. When you're, when you're doing that in person with somebody, it's harder to do over, uh, like a zoom call, like we were talking about before we started recording, right. uh, you know, we're all doing these zoom things, but, um, you know, in person, just reading people, cause sometimes they'll say one thing and they really mean another, you know, and, uh, that, that, there's definitely an art form to that.
0: So tell us, give us a little insight into your art form of how what happens when somebody's saying one thing and you're feeling something else because that's very common. <laughs> As gifted, intuitive people who are empathic, we can feel what's going on even though that might not be the words. And so, what are some of your strategies of dealing with that or handling that in a situation in the world?
1: Well, I guess I'm I'm always somebody who um, kind of calls things out or puts it on the table. So if I'm if I feel like somebody is doing that, maybe they're saying one thing and they're meaning another, and I see that, you know, what it feels to me, and I, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, I think, you know, there are probably subtle gestures that, you know, are throughout throughout evolution, humans, if you if you're paying attention, kind of know, you know, right, right. Um, so usually yeah. I just like, you know, are, is this what you're actually thinking, or or I'll somehow try to frame it in a way where the idea seems to come from them, if that makes sense. So I'll I'll pose a question to them or um, rather rather than just coming out and saying it, maybe I will subtly, you know, hint at it and then let them come to the realization (laughs) (laughs) or let them spill the beans, if you will.
0: Right. I've learned that over the years, too, in my profession is if if I'm feeling something from somebody else and they may not even be aware of it yet or they may be right, because we don't know. Um, to help them see it so that it's their perspective because it is really theirs to start with and help them give their own language to their thing is empowering to them. It also brings back that integration and congruency so that then the conversation or the interaction can move on with authenticity and sovereignty versus the split.
1: Yeah, that's great. Absolutely, 100%. Um, And it's always um, people will take the advice if they feel like they're the ones that gave the advice too. (laughs) Right, right. came to the realization on their own, you know.
0: Right, right. I, I had a client just the other day and she goes, you know what? Working with you, it's re- you're really sneaky. She said, we have these things. All of our meetings are these great conversations and great ideas. And you ask really great questions. She goes, but all my epiphanies happen during the week. You know, things will happen or whatever. And she goes, and it's like that multivitamin you take. <laughs> <laughs> releases is over time. And then it's like, Whoa. I start seeing it for myself. And I and sure. I I thought that was a very interesting description, but I think it's true, you know. That,
1: that is works. true. The other hard thing, I guess, to do in, in those types of situations is to is to really put away your biases, you know, because let's say somebody says something to you and you 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 go goes into you and you you kind of filter it with, okay, this is what they mean. Um and I think a lot of people, you know, then move on to the next thing. They they filter it, they absorb it and then you know they're on to the next point of the conversation. but sometimes you've got to catch like I find that I have to catch myself like, okay, well, is this actually what they they really mean or is this really the message they're trying to communicate? And then you have to have that secondary peeling of the onion, the next question that comes after that, the next one to really comprehend it. And sometimes you know, what you first comprehend, when you're, when you're having a conversation with somebody might not actually be what they're trying to say, because you're going through your own filters.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, because we all have our own filters, our own autobiographies and everything, and, and people might think we mean something, and that's not what it is at all, and we might think, oh, they mean this, you know, and that's not it. It could be something totally different, because their reference point's totally different, so that's a, that's a really good point, you know, because, Always to do that second question, I call it verify and confirm. Make sure that what you think it is, is what it is. And even then, that meeting of the minds, there still can be variants, obviously, because you know, like we live in a world, it's funny because there's the neurodiversity conversation of happening everywhere. And we live in a world that our egos think everybody sees the world the way we do, but the truth is nobody does. No two people are alike. So that's an important, important thing. that's that's so true right it's like it's like yeah so what about the whole idea of like emotion and feeling because you know a lot of you know we live in a culture where you know men aren't really allowed to have too many feelings because if they do there's something wrong with them it's getting better but it's still not great sure and so and you you have a lot of emotion you're also very intuitive and um and you're a great listener so how do you channel your emotional energy in a way that serves you and the people you're serving?
1: Well, I just try to really always be authentic, Um, you know, and in my art form now, which is YouTube, um, there's a lot of ways I could cut, like, you know, I could edit something out or I could keep it in, right? So I'm I'm crafting the story after the fact sometimes. Um, But I've noticed, the times that I've really, um, been raw, like there was something that like, for instance, a couple, uh, a couple years ago, I broke my leg and stuff. And I I'd tell people like, Hey, I'm not going to be able to you know, shoot videos. And like the emotion came through. And I could have edited that out and I could have reshot it, you know, and, and put a different slant on it. But I was, I thought if I put out that authentic um, energy, then the same thing will come back to me. And either people are going to, um, you know, some people are going to be turned off by that. And some people are going to feel more connected by that, something like that. And um, the thing is, in any endeavor, <laughs> you know, you're not going to please everybody. Um, but I feel like if you put yourself out there, if you're raw, if you show your emotion, then you'll get that same thing back. And, so, and I got that back from the audience. And the, the times I've done that on the channel, and I've, you know, I've shown some sort of emotion, whether it was sadness, or fear, or anxiety, or whatever the case may be in those videos, um, I've also, I've often gotten some of the best stories back, you know, and, um, those people then become probably the, the, um, uh, the most hardcore fans of the channel. Cause they feel like we've got a, a bond because, you know, we've, we've experienced similar things, you know? So I think that anytime, um, anytime you're nervous to do something, it's probably a good time, good thing to try it. <laughs> I know you've said, you know, when I, when um you know you you've i've been to some of your uh, seminars and some of your workshops and, and retreats and things and you know, if you and one of the things i always have in my mind that you say is if 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 you're if you're asking the question the answer is yes <laughs> right <laughs> i think that's so true so it's, it's when so- I, I i think about that when i'm making videos like if you know should i show people this side of me or should i um you know should i let them in on, on this, you know, thing that I kind of hold as a secret, but every time I've ever, I've ever done that and said yes to that, it's generally um, come back to come back in a really good way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's cool. Yes. So now I have, I have a secondary question about this. Now you've got my curiosity. Okay, sure. <laughs> it totally makes sense that when you share the vulnerable kind of fear or pain and all of that, because I remember when you broke your leg, you know, and, and, um, and, and, that makes sense that people would gravitate toward that and bond. So when you show that part of you that's inspired and uplifted and doing something really cool, because, you know, you're an adventure type, dude, all all anybody has to know is if games around, there's an adventure happening. Um,
1: (laughs) For good or or bad. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You know, whatever kind you want to name it, it's going to happen. But when you're showing those more joyful, happy kind of inquisitive emotions, Do you notice that same kind of audience engagement around the the positive, happy, uplifting things as the things that are kind of trials and tribulations or, or is there, do you notice any kind of feedback difference in that?
1: Uh, I'd say it's very similar. I mean, I think a lot of people watch my channel because really what's the core of my channel. Sure. I'm, I'm reviewing golf technology or something like that, but there's so many comments I get is, is, you know, I love your attitude on the golf course. Uh, I feel like we're, you know, like, Um, You're having so much fun out there. So like what I'm really doing at the core on my show is not necessarily talking about a gadget. I'm showing you what, uh, you know, the passion and love for this sport that uh, other people who share that passion are also interested. And I think that's really the ethos of the show. So, yeah, I do. I get a lot of positive feedback um, about that. Um, And, um, you know, certainly there's going to be haters, too. Like this guy is why is he always smiling or why is he always so happy, you know, um, but that's good because you really need to filter those people out, anyway. So <laughs> it's better people put their cards out on the table and you know who, who's on in your corner and who's not.
0: Right, it's <laughs> it's like they're telling on themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you yeah. know, I
0: I still remember one show you did. I don't remember the name of the show, but I remember the scene where you're golfing on the beach in Dubai.
1: Mm. And yeah, I it was told, Oman, but yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, or wherever
0: about. you are. and I'm like. <laughs> what is this, you know? And, and I still remember that. I don't even remember anything about the rest of the show, I didn't tell anybody the title of it, but it makes me keep coming back because I never really quite know right. what's going to happen. Mm. And, and I love that creativity, that intelligence you put into it. It's not haphazard even a little bit. And it's very creative. And I think for gifted people, that's an important thing to understand that, creativity is like cyclical Mm -hmm. it comes and goes and we flow with it it also kind of moves like water but but we also want to apply our intellect the linear part but it's the supporter it's not the driver
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know that at least that's the way i say it
1: yeah yeah i love that analogy
0: so i want to talk to you about um a movie i saw the seven days in utopia uh cool that's not a it wasn't a very big movie but I liked the movie a lot and in there the older legend is teaching the young kid who had a temper tantrum on the golf course and it was epic and the, all, it was all over the news the whole thing and he's teaching him how to shoot better how to play better and there are lots of lessons but this particular one makes me think of you and he had him sitting in an easel at the with the painting out and they're going to paint how he's going to do the shot. So there was this big tree. He dropped the ball so that the hole was on the other side of the tree. And he said, now, what would you do? So the young kid gets up and he stands there like like he has a club in his hand, though he didn't, and was like, okay, and was standing and motioning like, well, I would, whatever all the terms are, chip it that way, I think is what he said, and get it to go around the tree. And, he, and then the older guy said, okay, now draw it, paint it. And the lesson was you have to see the goal. You, you have to feel it, which I took to mean like an intuitive kind of feeling, like the emotion, gut, intuitive, like employ the body senses, the deeper senses, and then you have to trust. And. I took that to mean kind of like trust your own ability, trust the universe, just trust the process. Mm. So could you please speak to that see, feel, and trust and how that may or may not kind of fit into your creative way or or way somebody can start thinking about how they can like up their creative game in general and come out of their head a little bit?
1: Well, I think... I think with any creative endeavor, you know, there's different ways to approach it. You can just start, you know, you start with a blank page and and you start creating, or you start with a with a plan in mind uh, and you know where you're going to go. Maybe if you're writing a book, you have an outline, or you've got a, you know, if you're making a movie, you have a storyboard. Um, I've found that I'm much more successful when I really plan it out and I visualize it out, and that's how golf is too. This the the game of golf. When you've got um, a negative thought in your head, almost always those negative, you know, like if I'm, I think to myself, I'm going to miss this putt. I'm almost guaranteed I'm going to miss that putt. So what I'm doing on the golf course, oftentimes when I'm when I'm, you know, taking a swing or before I take a swing is I visualize that shot, and like you said, in terms of feeling the shot, you know, I want to, f- you know, there is a feel when when the club strikes the ball when you hit it right, you can feel it, and I and and I visualize and kind of you know try to. See exactly this is the tra- trajectory that ball is going to take. It's going to curve off to the right, you know to the left just a little bit, um, and I and I also have to take into account a lots of things that are happening around me. What does my lie look like? Meaning, the ball sitting in the grass. Is there grass behind the ball? Is it deep in the grass? Is it sitting up on the ball? How is that club going to impact it? What's the wind doing? Um, so golf to me is such a mindful experience, um, and and to really. Visualize that shot is so important uh, ahead of time Um, because when I do when I do that when I when I if and if I again if those negative thoughts come at me and I say well you know I don't know if I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or you know let's say you're behind a tree you could go left and curve it right or you could go right and curve it left right well when you when you don't anytime I've never been sure of what I was going to do and I took the shot generally it was a bad shot. (laughs) But when you really trust it, you visualize it, you trust it, and you walk up there with confidence, um, that's when amazing shots happen and you pull those, those kind of magical things off. So um, visual, visual, visualization is very, is key to me, not only, only on the golf course, but also in when I'm creating you know, the content that I'm making. Um, again, when I plan things out and I visualize, okay, not only is this what the, the how the video is gonna start, these are the shots I'm gonna put into it, um, this is what the thumbnail is going to look like. Because in, in again, in my art form, the the thumbnail is kind of the billboard to get people to click is so important. When I plan all that out in advance of actually even creating the video, my videos are so much more successful. Um, and when I just kind of haphazardly just start, you know, and and see where it ends up, that 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 doesn't serve me too well personally. Not to say that it couldn't for other people, but at least in my process. I've really got to, you know, think think through all those little details and generally I have a better result.
0: So when you dial in and bring it all together, it comes to it comes together in a way that is desirable for you. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I think that that putting that energy into it, something about, you know, putting the energy in, it comes out like that too. Like I always feel like those videos people connect with a lot more um when I again I've planned it out, I've thought about, you know, you know, for instance, I did a top 10 video, like top 10 mistakes that people make when they buy golf clubs. That was my video this week, and it's doing really, really well because, again, I try to put myself in their place. Well, if you're walking into a store, what what are, what are the steps you're going to take? And you know what are some of the pitfalls that you might face or some of the challenges or obstacles along the way? And I really planned that video out. I'm not someone who scripts it out, but I put bullet points. Okay. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this. I have to mention my advertiser here that I'm going to talk about this.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: And, and um, you know, I, I got into the nitty gritty on that video and it, and it was a really good video for the channel. So again, just, you know, framing everything through what, what, what is the viewer, the, the person who's watching this really going to get out of it? What's the lesson? What's the challenge that I can help them overcome? That's, that's again, where the magic happens.
0: Oh, that's cool. So, how do you take that same strategy and understanding and apply it in your family life? Like you're a father of two gifted sons that are just amazing and you have a, an amazing wife. And so how do you use these strategies of that trust and feel and being in that authenticity with raising your children and being a father Um, There's a lot of people listen to this show and watch the show that are parents of gifted kids and they're gifted themselves. And so, extrapolate it out a little bit, like we're not just talking about YouTube. We're talking about how a gifted, creative person like navigates life here. So, would you talk about that, please?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I try to give I try to give my kids opportunities to express themselves, whether it's playing with Legos, you know, drawing, uh, playing the you know music or or whatnot. So, giving them outlets, um, letting them ex those things and then decide if they want to do it or, or not do it, you know, because I, I think, I think you should at least try. Um, but I'm not one of those, one of those parents who's going to say, well, you're going to go to piano lessons, you know, three days a week and, <laughs> or, you know, and, uh, or you're not getting dinner or something like that. Now, I want them to really, I want them to have a love and a passion for whatever they're doing. So, um, you know, my goal, I guess, as a, as a father is just to, um, you know, be there for them to, to answer questions, be a sounding board and encourage, encourage the creativity that they have.
0: Right. And it, and it's different in both of them. Um, and you're reminding me of that <laughs> the show you did where you turned the house into a golf course.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah my wife loved that.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, she love that one. I'm sure. And, and, the, um, and all, the, there's times where you, in, you include your family and, and the boys in and whatever the fun thing is that you're doing. And so I think that that is valuable, you know, to have our life be one big life that has lots of facets versus being rigidly siloed into different
1: sections, yeah, and, very you know, true.
0: And, yeah. and I, pre- I appreciate that about how you do things.
1: Those videos do good too. Anytime they pop up in videos, generally, they, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I took them shopping with me to Costco in that video. Again, it's the simplest concepts. One person in the comment mentioned, hey, have you checked out this, this golf club that Costco sells? And it turned it into a series that's had millions of views um, on my channel um, and really grew my channel you know, completely almost overnight. Um, and it was a really simple idea, but I, I brought my kids on that one. Maybe that helped too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> maybe it, maybe it was the synergy, you know, of the golf and the fun and the you being a dad and the boys and people can really relate to the multifaceted life. You know, there's more going on than just what this one avenue is, and and that's you true. allow that to show up.
1: Yeah, you, again, kind of give let give people a peek behind the curtain of your personality or what 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 else is happening in your life. I think that's the that's the really cool thing that. At least the YouTube platform allows people to do, but really social media in general,
0: right. Yes. And do you see um any changes in the way people interact when when people are in person now because we've been locked up onto Zoom so much and social media? do you do you see any shifts in in the way you engage or the way other people engage?
1: Well, um you know in a in a personal setting, I don't know I think more and more are are our our human species has has moved to really closing themselves off from from human connection out in the world. Um so that that to me is is kind of concerning. Um you know Yeah, it's just it's tough like uh, personal relationships and 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 people looking for friendships and things like that doesn't seem to happen out out in public these days. <laughs> I think that's one thing that that's definitely changed in you know Obviously platforms like this, you know, offer a way of connection, but it's it's not exactly the same, right?
0: Right. No, it's not. It's it kind of reminds me of that. Um, is it live or is it Memorex commercial from way back? Oh right. Back. Yeah. Like, all right, like I've known you for a long time and it would be much more fun to be hanging out with you and give you a hug and chat. Like, uh that's not how it's happened. Well, we're distance apart now, but it's right. it's like I noticed that kind of loss in a month amongst the gratitude that at least there's some kind of technology to maintain some kind of connection Mm -hmm. but there's still grief in that
1: and then and the other thing is there's just um i don't know the the right word for it but you know people aren't i don't know if it's kindness or something but they they're man they've they've lost a little bit of manners it seems like (laughs) because people are so wrapped up in their own little world whether it's being at home or in a, on a screen or something like that, and so when people are out in public, it's, they're not they're not like conscientious of other people around them. Sometimes I've found that to be the case.
0: Yeah, I think that's true too. I've noticed it. In fact, I just went with my friend into the um, forest here in North Carolina to check out waterfalls just the other day, and we both commented that the people were being nice. The other tourists, like, look, people are being nice, and I'm like, why are why is that feel so stunning?
1: <laughs> right
0: you know and i'm like because i think a lot has changed first of all there's people second of all so many people aren't necessarily being as nice as i used to experience them too so it's like both of us were like look everybody's so nice here is it <laughs> <of the> forest <laughs> right <laughs> or, i don't know what it is but look they're all being nice you know we were just kind of laughing about it like oh well, whatever
1: i about nature puts you in a good new mood it's really important <laughs> Mm -hmm. that's how I take my creative breaks. I like to go out and, you know, take a hike or something like that. That's, that's, you said that you mentioned that I'm a kind of an adventurer. And the reason is, I feel like that's that's something that I need to kind of recharge my creative battery.
0: Yes. So I would love you to share a little bit about like how um, you take care of yourself. Like we, you know, you like to have fun and adventure and things like, but what do you do to keep the batteries charged? like on a real, like down to earth personal level. I think a lot of people, especially men, they hear the word self-care and people imagine the word self-care is pedicures and manicures and get a massage. (laughs) And no, that's maybe a piece of it for some people, but that's not what I'm talking about. And so how do you do it? How do you maintain your creativity and keep your batteries charged? You know, you have a lot of responsibilities, your business, your family, you know, friends.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly um, I search for ways to, um, on occasion, disconnect because I'm a person who's on a device a lot of times, and um, sometimes I just catch myself and I'm like, just put put it down for a day, for a couple of days. Like uh, I was in Ecuador, I put I basically turned my phone off for a week, and I texted my dad and a few other people who I knew would be worried if they didn't hear from me. And I was like, listen, I'm turning my phone off, um, and uh, you're not going to hear from me, but. You know, and that was actually really nice to like kind of un-, un unwind from that kind of stuff and just disconnect. So I do that. Um, I think consuming other creators, art forms is really important to me. So, I mean, I'm a person who loves the theater. I wish I could go more. I love to go to an art museum. I love to read a book, although I can't say I've read too many books recently, although I'm reading a really good one. All of a sudden, and then, you know, other you know, YouTube creators, I get a lot of ideas uh, that help me charge my creative battery just by looking at other niches that I'm interested in, other hobbies that I'm interested in outside of golf. And I take some of those ideas and I, I weave them into my own channel. And I think that that is one way that for me is kind of gets me out of the day to day that I'm in and it kind of expands the creativity.
0: Right. Yeah, that's. I find that to be true too. It's like when I expand beyond like other things that I just love to talk about or do or think about that maybe not aren't known to the common you know, to people, unless you know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. And that keeps my my juices going or I end up with ideas and then I end up with lots of post-it notes.
1: <laughs> I like post-it notes. I'll tell you what I, I, I do that I wish yeah, I didn't do is I send notes. myself emails.
0: Yeah, oh, that's Reminders let see. I have all these. This is just from yesterday. Oh, wow. Of different things, but some of them only have one word on it or a reminder or something as it pops in my mind. And then I put it where it goes, you mm-hmm. know, um, whether it's a, something for the next book or so I'm doing a talk Friday or whatever it is so that it's captured. And then I can put it in its proper spot. I like otherwise, that. Otherwise I, the loop stays open and I'm not sure. If I got it all, or did I forget it? Or what about this? Or what about that?
1: Right. Yep. I've been uh, keeping a notebook of ideas for like videos, especially, but you could do this for anything, but it's just, and again, this is probably something that you talked about in one of your your retreats, but you're going to get ideas. I get ideas all the time. Again, whether it's from watching other creators, whether it's from people leaving a comment, whether it's just from me thinking about what people are interested in. Some of those ideas are good. Some of those ideas are okay. Some of those ideas are amazing. I've been trying to just like, when an idea comes, just write it down and then come back to that. And if I've ever got a a week where maybe I don't have the content calendar um, or the the videos that I'm going to create, and I know exactly what I'm going to create, then I go into that book of ideas and then I see, well, what what am I feeling like right now? Or you know is what I wrote actually a good idea? (laughs) Or should I go down further down the list?
0: I do that too. Do you ever write down an idea? And then when you go back and look at it, you, you have, you can't remember for the life of you, what it even means. Oh
1: yeah. All the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't even know what this says or what I was thinking, but.
1: Or I wrote it in chicken scratch. I can't even read my own handwriting.
0: Right, It was important in oh. the moment though. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think that's, that's part of it for gifted people. Like, you know, cause for fast thinking, all these ideas come and, then sometimes they, they, um, Kind of dissipate. We don't even know what we mean later or whatever. and and I always teach, and I had to teach myself this first, is there's always more where that came from. Mm. So if I look at the list of fifty things and half of them don't make sense, there's more where that came from. There's always a constant mm. flow. All we have to do is connect and allow it. That's that feeling and trusting part that helps us see. Like I think that works out. So when we trust our intuition or the inspired ideas, or I call them elegant ideas they show up and then we can do something with them or not and there's always more
1: i like that cuz I, sometimes i think of it as a to do list but that's a better way to approach it
0: <laughs> always more i used to think of it as a to do list and i stayed very stressed out because i'm o- i am only so old and i only have so many time so much time in a day and i'm not Nearly as skilled at technology as you are, I told you the fun story before we started recording, and that's just one of them. Um, so I have to really pay attention to those things, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna make it. I first of all, I call it a to done list. Like when it, I write it down, nice. I've done it. Nice. But I give myself permission to only do that which I'm inspired to do.
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: And not force it, because right. I think if, I think if we force it that challenges our, our authenticity. We come across with that mixed message. Like we started talking about in the beginning. And so therefore I don't think we're, we're as well received as we would want to be. And I don't think that, that whatever the power and the message is, I think it gets lost in mm. that disconnection, even if it was great.
1: Yeah. And like I mentioned before, like the, at least for me, the best, the best performing things that I've done were the easiest to do. They weren't hard. They weren't difficult. And it it was um, also quick. <laughs> Sometimes I've labored for days over a video and that, it completely bombed, you know. Um, but the the really good idea is you, there's always a feeling, too. Like I told you that one that I did about the saltwater golf ball balancing. Once I created that video and I was done with it and I was making the thumbnail and creating the title and stuff, I knew I, I just knew 100 percent that, that that was a winner. And then my wife looked at it. And, you know, she's not into to golf stuff. And it was a weird kind of video anyways, but she's like, that's really interesting. I'd watch that video And I, that, you know, like, especially when you get some kind of confirmation from outside of your world, I think that, that right. <laughs> but I, I just, I, it was w- those kind of ideas. You just know, like, you, I just knew that was going to be a good one. Um, when I shot it and, um, again, it, it was effort- it felt effortless. Um, uh, and I think some of the best, the best endeavors don't necessarily have to be super challenging. Um, cause there's plenty of challenges leading up to that,
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. but I think that's part of your intense sensitivities where you, you have the gifted process going on, but you also have the intuition and the spiritual piece happening. And so when you bring them together and we're in that flow, it does feel easy, but to me it's ease, not easy. It, if there's a flow to it, that is beautiful and wonderful and it happens, but it doesn't mean it was easy. Mm-hmm. Necessarily, right? Sure. It feels that way because we're in our own natural creative rhythm, right? And, and um, and and I think that, that that there's magic in that, and I think it translates. You know,
1: mm, hundred percent.
0: <laughs> I think it's really fun. Like I, that's why I, one of the things I love about your channel too is that I appreciate it because I know you. So it's really it's fun when you're out there goofing off. I'm like, oh, I can see this. But I love that. I always learn something. I always get value out of it even though I don't golf. I don't need to golf to get value and and to me that's the nuance and the depth of a gifted creator versus somebody who's just creating on like a two-dimensional linear thing that this this thing and it's very flat. There is a dimension and a depth that's inherent in in who you are, which is why I am um, wanted to talk to you about it because I think it's it's valuable. A lot of people think it's head only. And it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I always try to, I, I mean, and the reason I love golf is I think it's a wonderful game of life lessons, you know, every shot. Right. So um, I do, I try to, I do try to make it more than just about the golf itself, but really about life. Like it's not, I teach this to my kids when we go play, but I try to always show this in videos. Like it's not about the last shot you took. It's about the one that's next. That's the most important shot. Um, to have a short memory, uh, you know. The, there's just so many lessons in golf, and so I do try to subtly kind of work those into to the you know again, even if I'm droning on about a, a stupid piece of golf technology,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? It's, there's there's value in this, even if the, the things looks kind of boring and weird. You know? Right. I know. I love that. I think it's really fun, and I think that using that life analogy is really powerful for you, the teacher, for the listener, for your kids, for everybody. And that's where that depth comes in. So help us understand, I know you travel a lot and have your whole life. And I'm always curious about what kind of food fuels people the most. Like, is there certain food that fuels your creativity? Or like, if you're going to go play a big game like that, really gets your body like, you know, like, I'm not going to eat this because I'll feel all heavy and gross. I'll eat, you know, you know what I mean? Like, are you sensitive that way? And do you have some kinds of things that you just love to eat that keep you in the groove?
1: Well, I mean, I I really love exotic foods. Like for for instance, right before I hopped on here, I had Thai food. Uh, I love Indian food, you know, so I like exotic foods a lot. But um, if I'm, yeah, if I want peak performance, then I'm generally not trying to eat something too heavy. And, um, I, I often go through phases where I'll just go on like a juice cleanse. Um, I always feel so much better when I do something like that. I'll go like three days or sometimes even a week. Um, and usually that second day is very difficult, but by the third day, like there's a, it's almost like a feeling of euphoria that kind of comes over you and and you're, you're, then you feel like in tune with the world. Um, so certainly if I'm going to play golf or something like that, I try to keep it light like fruits and things like that but um i often make the mistake of not eating like today and i i was exhausted when i walked off the golf course so that's not good either i've got a friend john and he always tells me he's like you got to put fuel in the fire game you know so uh and he's always got some snacks or like nuts like healthy things to kind of munch on while he's playing i think that uh, that's that's the best way to do it
0: right because i'm thinking if you go out to play and shoot videos and you're in Florida and it's 90 degrees and you haven't put any substance in your body whatsoever, except maybe water. That's, that's a recipe to like lose all your energy.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to eat something too heavy because yeah, it just, you
0: Yeah. Cause it backfires the other way. That's why I asked you that. Cause I'm like, you know, if you eat like really heavy like bread or something like that, then that just feels like that would be a rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And I think creative energy needs to have like that flow.
1: Right. I like the idea of um, in general, you know, like my normal eating approach. I like to have like different colors. I think it's called like Ayurvedic. It's like an, um, from India, I think, is is where it origi- originated from. But um, to eat all the different colors, um, all the different textures, um, you know, that that to me is really important, I think. Um, our body, you know, the reason things are purple or blue or yet or orange or green, you know, those are all things our body um, needs for its peak potential. And so, yeah, I try to I try to eat as diversely as possible.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's really good. And I and I think that's important because a lot of gifted people forget to eat.
1: Oh, or, I do all, all the time. <laughs>
0: yeah, don't, or don't fuel themselves in a way that really serves their highest good. And yeah. then they're mad at themselves because they're not as creative or not as fast on their feet or whatever. Um, or the opposite. They lower their blood sugar. They forget to eat. And so that exaggerates challenges in thinking and in um, executive functioning and all of those things. That it matters how we fuel our body and that we listen to our body, what it needs and doesn't need um, as yeah. a creative person, as a gifted person, as an athlete, as all of these things, as a human being sucking air here on Earth.
1: Mm, absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I have a couple last questions, but everybody, you're you're listening to Gay Baloisi, my good friend, and um, check out his channel. Let's play through, um, and we're going to put all the links in the show notes. And he's all over the place. He's on TikTok and YouTube and wherever else I know. I follow you everywhere. So, I, <laughs> um, but we'll put all that in the show notes and go check out his videos. They're hysterical, and you'll learn something. And you know what else you'll get out of it? More creative ideas it's mm. amazing for your own life and your own um, journey, what you're doing. So the last question I have for you is this. If you were a tree, like maybe out on the golf course, or whatever, what kind of tree would you be, would represent the essence of you? Like if we were going to convert Gabe into a tree, what kind of tree would you be?
1: Mm. Well, I, I'm looking out my my uh, yard here, and I've got a, this beautiful magnolia tree, and I I feel some type of connection to that tree. Um, it's got blue; it blooms uh, these beautiful white flowers, but it's so like peaceful and serene, and it just it's strong and sturdy as well. Uh, so and it's something that people can can sit on and lean on. Like it has these branches that are very like flat and long, you know, my kids just kind of stand up or sit down on them and look at the lake or whatever. And I I love that. So I like to um, think of myself as somebody people can lean on other creators always ask me my ideas and I try to be very generous with, um, you know, helping other people who are, who are endeavoring to do something creative. Uh, So yeah, I think a magnolia tree. That's
0: beautiful. It's, I ha, uh, you brought me back in history because this is a story unrelated to golf, um, but it's related to magnolia trees that um, when my mom and dad were first dating, and um my mom called my dad at one point, and she said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm sitting under a magnolia tree, dreaming of you.
1: Oh <laughs> And they were
0: just first dating. And wow. that that and, and we had a magnolia tree in our yard and that we always got that story of the magnolia tree. And when you said that, I'm like, oh yes.
1: <laughs> I know I saw saw your expression.
0: <laughs> and I and I love magnolia trees as well for the fact that they're sturdy and I love the flowers, the how the flowers are so delicate and the leaves are so strong. There's like yeah. all the same tree. Right. So that, that was really, really, really cool. So it, one last question. I said that was the last question, but I thought of another one. <laughs> um, if somebody was endeavoring to create, because you're very, you are very generous about these things. If somebody was endeavoring to start letting their creative juices flow, because a lot of gifted people, they're in their head, they feel it inside, but they're afraid to like let it out. Do you have any suggestions of maybe some first steps to help give somebody permission to let that part of them show up?
1: Sure. Um, well, I mean, using the word permission, I think, is is a powerful one. Um, as you said, so many people, they get they get wrapped up in um, planning and they get, you know, like and that's just kind of a way to avoid having to to do the hard work. I mean, honestly, you've got to just try. And, um, and in the world of YouTube, a lot of the bigger creators will say you've got to do 100 crappy videos before <laughs> uh, you've really earned, earned the right to um, to make to to really make an impact on your audience. And I think that they're 100% correct. Uh, I've made now, I think, 252 videos is the count. Uh, And I only know that because I got some email like, congratulations, you uploaded your 250th video on YouTube uh, last week. Um, But now I finally feel really comfortable. So it's it's a muscle you have to exercise um, to get good at. Any creative endeavor is. No one starts out being good. Um, and we were talking about it, our kids earlier, and I, I, I use this with my son. He's been getting really frustrated trying to learn how to play the guitar. You know, it's there's a beauty in the the struggle. I think is is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of lessons in the in the challenges that you have in the beginning, and you know, no one gets to where they're at in any creative endeavor without making a lot of mistakes along the way. So you just have to uh, be willing to start and sometimes see where that leads as you know Diane my channel started as a something that it it's not anymore it completely evolved from what it where it began so um you can't you can't do that if you don't actually <laughs> hit record on the video camera in my case or put a paintbrush to the to the to the canvas or to um you know put pen to paper now we spoke earlier about how you it's great to plan. and I still think even even in the beginning, try to plan a little bit and kind of see where it takes you. But in the beginning, you also just have to to do more doing than thinking um and and then once you really master your craft, um you can you can uh, think a little harder on <laughs> on what it is. So, yeah, it's just it's just starting out um taking the first step and and not and trying to it's it's easy for me to say, I guess now to to say it. You know, overcome your fear or something, but you just have to start. No one's gonna. In general, I think the world is a, the people is filled with people who um, seek to understand, uh, and who are in general positive. I mean, certainly there's going to be haters, there's going to be trolls, there's going to be people who say you can't do it or or whatnot. But I think, you know, on average, there's mostly, you know, people who are are positive people out there. Um, and there's gonna be somebody who's dying to see what you do. And I, I think that's that's also an important thing is if you don't put it out, if you don't create it, then there's someone out there who's missing it, uh, who could really use it. And, and if you think of it that way, if you get outside yourself um, again and, and think about the person who will be consuming that that piece of art, I think that that's one way to get get yourself over the fear of starting.
0: Yes, I think those are very wise words. And, you know, you, you're reminding me of when I was working with people with mental illness and I this one guy, he, he used to always say, don't think about it, be about it.
1: Nice. That's a good you know,
0: one. Go do it, right? You know, and I am right. like, I think that that's true. You know, like my show, the Someone Gets Me show is completely changed from the very beginning.
1: Yeah, and you're doing video now.
0: <laughs> I'm doing video now and interviews. And when I first started, I wasn't doing interviews. Right. Um, and the format has changed some and I've changed a lot. So then who I have and what I'm doing is also different. So I think we have to give ourselves permission to just jump in and start. Because when I first started hearing about podcasting, you were there and I'm like, OK, I'll do it. And I had no idea what it's getting into. If it wasn't for you being so generous and saying, do this, now do that, now do this. <laughs>
1: Well, I couldn't no. do that unless someone told me how to do that either. I was horrible when I first podcasted. Right. Well, I couldn't get like two sentences out without stumbling all over myself.
0: Right. It was 5 <laughs> years ago. I just had the 5-year memory of when I said that I was approved on Apple because you told me how to do it and I did it and it was so fast. I'm like, "Hey, but so fast." But <laughs> it's like you had to start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere and we have to be willing to just be in the flow of the process and not judge ourselves today by what we did then and to appreciate the journey you know i wouldn't trade any of it for anything and and it's fun i think it's fun i think it's fun to grow and change and evolve and bring cool ideas out of us into the world because there's going to be that one even if one person enjoys it or gets a benefit it's good enough
1: yeah and if you don't do it they wouldn't they wouldn't receive that so i think that that's a powerful it could be a powerful motivator yeah. um the other the other quick tip i'll i'll say before we end this is that um To put your deadline out there. I mean, I know um, you've done this in the past, but when I wrote my first book, I just told people, hey, I'm launching this book on this date. And I hadn't even started writing it. But guess what? Like if I wasn't gonna be made a liar, then I had to actually um, make that deadline. So sometimes you got you gotta force yourself into and force the hand there that way.
0: (laughs) I do that with myself all the time. Like, okay, I'm gonna have this done by this day. And I'm like, already then now I have to ante up and do it. And there's there's some magic in that, I think sometimes, you know. Certainly. Yep. All right. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for being on the show with us today, and thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for all the good that you put into the world, both through your family and your work. So, thank you very much for being here.
1: Thanks for doing the show, Diane. Have hey. me on, I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> you're welcome. Remember, everybody, put your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star, and you are here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. Get about doing it. Don't just talk about it. See you next time. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.